Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast after Sunderland have exited the FA Cup in just a minor game, otherwise known as the uh, Tynria Derby. Uh, a 3-0 defeat to Newcastle, which obviously we'll get into what happened in the game, some of the reactions to the game afterwards, and then a brief look ahead to the next game, which is obviously in the league against Ipswich on Saturday. Another game on Sky, if I'm not mistaken. But going into this game, John, obviously it's a derby, so, you know, it's very much, you know, obviously we played Fulham in the cup last season and it was a game that everyone was kind of looking forward to that one because it was, you know, one of them games that you can look to and be like, if we lose, who cares? If we win, fantastic. And in a sense, given the the gap between the two teams on Saturday, there was a little bit of that as well. But it is a derby, so a lot of that goes out the window. Yeah, it does. Um, you, you know, with, with the players we got, have they have they experienced that before? And obviously, they haven't. Um, you know, not not many have because it's been such a long time. And I think maybe that that did play a part. <clears throat> you know, there's lots of narratives for it of, well, Newcastle should smash us because of how you know how high they are up, and you know, it's a, it's a free hit for us. But ultimately, like I say, it is a derby and. Um, I think you could probably sum it up best with, you know, the fans turned up for it, you know, because obviously we know what it means, but it seems, you the know, the players, anyway. home fans, yeah, uh, you know, less than about those, you know, 6,000 corporate people were the better. Um, but yeah, like I say, the the fans turned up, um, you know, and to be fair, it was, the atmosphere looked, you know, electric. Um, but unfortunately, that's where the, the real positives finish, unfortunately. Um, it's. I don't know if last season when we played Fulham and Mowbray was there, it was a bit more, you know, go out, show what you're made of and, you know, just play with a bit of freedom. Um, I think yesterday was a little bit more rigid. Obviously, we're still under a new head coach and I'm yet to see sort of anything really different or, you know, a, a change in, in any way. It's almost like a bit more more rigid um and yeah well, obviously we talk tactics all day but but for me to not to not at least go and have a real go um i think was probably the biggest frustration for everyone yesterday yeah and obviously like you said at the start some of them are not expected to win that game and to be honest i think there was more newcastle fans confident of a sunderland win than there were sunderland fans um obviously given the past of the derby but whilst you know, there's a massive gulf between the teams in terms of not just money, but obviously quality, and that was on shore during the game. Sunderland didn't really do themselves any good, really, with that performance, because, like I said, there is a gulf of quality, and, you know, there's going to be mistakes get made, and if you make a mistake against a team who, you know, the likes of PSG couldn't even beat, you're going to get punished for it, as we did on three different occasions that we'll get into, but... Even outside of that, Sunderland, like you kind of said, didn't really have a go. And when we did have a go, you know, we created a few chances. Dubravka had made a couple of saves. Pritchard hit the bar. But there just wasn't enough of that, especially in the first half. No, there wasn't. And you'd expect, you know, <clears throat> them to feed off off the crowd a little bit. I know they say, you know, play play the game, not the occasion. But, you know, I think with, with all the fans and how the, how the atmosphere was, um, I think you can... You can draw off that, and you did see a little bit when 
Um, you know, when we did have our little spell um, in the second half, um, you know, we did. You could tell they were. It was rubbing off. You know, on the players, and um, you know, it, albeit for sort of for ten minutes. Um, you know, all these. You would like to think, and Bill said it before the game, like all these players think. You know, they what they want to be playing at that level. I think they should. You know, be playing at that level sort of fairly soon. Um, and again, it probably sounds really harsh, but you know, sort of. I think we're all massively massively let down barring you know the odd the odd one or two um you know yesterday and it's it's probably really harsh you know on Ballard but he was he was really good apart from obviously the own goals the own goals by them the penalty as well but apart from that I thought he looked fairly solid against a very very um you know let's let's not kid ourselves they are a quality team um and there are there are different levels but I don't think I don't think the team on the day that we played helped. Obviously, we we can't you know change it too much, but the tactics didn't help. You know, if I know, obviously, I watched enough of Newcastle to know they press really, really high. Um, so we can't you know dawdle on it too much. And you know, it's the worst time to concede with with Pierre we're doing doing things like that. Yes, I know that's the idea is to play out from the back, but you know they would have spotted that and thought, right, all we need to do is. Um, get that high press on them. To be fair, they were fantastic at it. It's something that we've we've lacked, which we used to have. Our press used to be fantastic, and we yeah. were really aggressive. We we seem to now have lost lost that for some reason. Seems to be a lot bit. more when we don't have the ball. We just get back into shape. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's a little bit of frustration because I think oh, just even if you go off and you know just hunting packs a little bit. Yes, they've got the quality, but they had the quality anyway to get out. So. You know, can we not can we not try and do something? You know, they weren't expecting us to press them, I don't think, because we don't we don't really press as aggressively as we as we used to. Um, you know, so can, can we not add that into our game, even some sort of niggly fouls and you know, break it up a little bit? Um I think, you know, a probably another side issue is I don't see why we haven't played how we played against Leeds. You know, sit in, make it really hard for them, nothing in behind. You know, we got done. Uh, I think it was Trey Hume got done inside for the cross for Ballard. You know, that probably doesn't happen if we're playing the, the other tactic. Um, and I don't think Pierre Eck was probably there taking the ball if, again, if we play that way. And then you, you're still looking then at a nil-nil, barring, you know, maybe one bit of quality from them if if they can find it. You know, we kept Leeds out. We're a very good team. Yes, different ball game. Um, but I, I don't see why why we changed. Um, and again, that's it's another notch on that on that frustration. Yeah. I mean, we'll briefly go through the goals. The first one, as we said, was a deflection, which at the time I didn't actually know because I was sat at the other side of the stadium, sat right next to the Newcastle fans, who many of which I don't actually think looked at the pitch once during that 90 minutes. Um, make of that what you will. But like we said, yeah, just... Trahim gets caught out, ball comes into the box, Ballard, it's a good finish in the end, um, straight in the left-off corner. And it is slightly unlucky. <clears throat> and at the same time, I think given his quality and the fact, you know, Isaac is behind him. He's not necessarily directly on top of him. He could maybe do a little bit better, but I think that's probably been a little bit harsh. That's the first goal. The second goal, though, you know, I think we're up, well, at halftime, we're very much in the game. Um, You know, everyone knew, you know, at halftime, we haven't really seen much of the ball, haven't really posed too much of a threat. You think second half, you know, Bale of got into a little bit half-time, told them what they need to do and, you know, get the ball to Clark, get the ball to Pritchard, make things happen. But to concede the way we did, 30 seconds into the second half, 
as I say, completely killed the game. And it outlines something heavily that has been an issue throughout the rest of the season. And it's Sunderland's... This is essentially what Mowbray was sacked for, I think, is Sunderland's inability to you know, change the way they play. And they have a plan A, which everyone knows is to you know, try and play you know, this fancy football, play out from the back and you know, score a goal that's going to get posted on Twitter and everyone's going to quote tweet it saying what a team goal it is. And you know, when it works, it looks good. But when it doesn't work, you can't see goals. And that's exactly what's happened. Equa dispossessed in his own box by Almiron. And that's it. Sunderland's inability to have a plan B cost us that goal and cost us in a lot of games in the league so far this season. Yeah, you're spot on, to be fair. Um, you know, I think, you know, touching back on the first goal, um, you know, I, I don't even blame sort of Ballard. You know, it's more of a, a Trey Hume gets sort of caught sort of like square on almost and it's played in behind him. Tries to, um, you know, because he's, he's gone really tight instead of sort of just holding the space maybe. You know, it's a poor ball sort of in, a good ball, sorry, you know, inside him. Um, and that that was the frustration, you know, like I said, against Leeds, we didn't do that. We didn't give them any space to run into. You know, these, you know, we know how good Gordon is, Almiron, you know, Trippier. We know how good they are. Uh, um, Joel Linton, we know how good they are. And getting in behind, getting them crosses. So don't give them a space. And then, like you say, second goal, that's the worst time. You know, for, for me at half time, the main thing I am saying is, Yes, they've probably been the better team. Stay in the game. It's only 1-0. Stay in the game. Yeah. Nothing stupid. And then, you know, we're probably going to hear it, I expect, again, and say, well, these players are young. You've got to expect that. But if, eventually, I'm not going to expect or not, not expect it, but I'm not going to accept it because that, to me, is is a little bit unforgivable. Yes, he's young, you know, but he doesn't need to be turning on, no, on a team. As well, though, when... You know, we have these young players and you, you, people say, oh, we don't have any experience. But at what point do young players become not young? Because, yeah, Pierre Qua, in terms of number, is a young player. But this is his second season. He's played almost every, you know, every game that has been to play since he pretty much signed for us. He's, he's not totally inexperienced. And, you know, there's been a few times this season alone where whether it's been Dan Neal, who again, you know, you can see he's an experienced, but I think he's played, what, four seasons now of senior football, where they get caught out in the same positions. And again, we'll get on to a little bit more about January in general, because I think that's where a lot of this will lead to and what needs to be done. But it's the same mistakes that are getting made. And whether you're 18 or whether you're 38, you can't afford to keep making the same mistakes. No, you can't, you know, because <clears throat> eventually it will get picked up on by other teams. And then, it, like you say, it keeps happening. It's, you know, we're obviously we'll talk about recruitment, but it probably, for me, it does highlight, you know, how, you know, obviously we've had fairly good recruitment. I'm going to, I won't go any, any further than that, because I think we are, you know, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to see Corey Evans again. Why, why all of a sudden are we hanging our hat on sort of Jay Matei as, you know, we didn't really get into the team before you know it wasn't fancy by by Alex Neil you know at all really even um, in League One no 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 exactly so it's a bit it's a bit like one of those players you know who's out for a long time oh well he'll be back and you're a bit like it doesn't make him you know the the saviour to all our problems you know I'm not saying that is the you know the rhetoric but it's you know we need like someone to you know Pierre Equa for me you, you, you speak about 
you know, obviously Tony Moby saying, well, you know, he's sometimes he needs to rock up his backside because he's so chilled. It's like, when are you going to be like, you can't be chilled in a game like that yesterday. You know, I didn't see any of their players really. And, you know, I didn't see, you know, Dan Neil like chilling, you know, a lot of them were working on Luke and I, they weren't chilling. They weren't sort of, you know, slow and come and like as almost, as almost they think they're too comfortable on the ball which you can get away with in the championship you know you can flick it through and and flick it around and get and, and get away with that premier league's different level and if you think you're on your way to the premier league sort of very soon i think all of them have had a massive rude awakening which is sounds really weird but very very good for them maybe to think well you're not you know you're nothing special you, you, yeah, you're nothing special at the moment. You are really going to have to step up. And, you're, and if you really want a big move away, you know, there's going to be lots of rumours. You know, there's one or two who, you know, sort of Neil and your Ballard who, who maybe you could forgive, you know, for for maybe thinking that, that they could go on soonish. But at the moment, you know, the rest of them, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive rude awakening. I think it's a rude awakening for a lot of people, and I include, like, you know, the owner and Speakman, and obviously a lot of rumours, obviously there are only rumours at the moment, like today of of Kiefer Moore, obviously that breaks the mould of, of, the, of the model that we're sticking to, and there's obviously Henderson rumours, and there's Jan and Via rumours, and obviously, again, all, all massive, massive rumours. Um, but are they starting to maybe think, oh, you know, maybe we do need you know, those experienced heads because of how much potential all these kids have got. That's that's all well and good. But we'll we'll just be a machine of of producing good kids, you know. And we're are we gonna get anywhere with that, you know, if if the aim is to go to the Premier League, which apparently it is and it is very soon, you know, that was in in the summer saying, well, promotion's the the, the target. So it's, it's, it's got it's gotta be more than just getting the Premier League, it's got to be getting the Premier League. And not fight to stay yeah. in the Premier League. It's, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's sustained in the Premier League. Yeah, of course it has. But on know, the third goal, go on. go on, carry on. We'll get we'll run through the goals and then we'll get on to the rest of it because there's still plenty to talk about. The third goal's a penalty. Um, Gordon runs through and Ballard cleans him out. Um, which not justifying doing this in the box, but just again, kind of not playing the occasion. We didn't really say enough of that throughout the game either really I think there was one tackle from O'Neill on Miley and I think he did it again on Anthony Gordon obviously wiped him out got a yellow card for it but in a derby when you've got what how many home fans were there maybe 40,000 I think it was um, you need things like that in the game just to unsettle the opposition to to let them know that they're in a game and at times we were too nice yeah we were we were far too nice. Again, it's it's a very weird one because I think Trey Hume was looking for that moment in the first 10 minutes to try and, yeah. you know, sort of go through someone and, and get that crowd of, you know, on its feet. And, you know, we know the the stories of, oh, you know, the fans will cheer, you know, a good solid tackle as much as a goal. And I think I think that epitomises what we saw from Luke 09, you know, and it's obviously got a lot of, you know, social media interest um, today. But... Th- I think you've you've still got that. Again, it's a strange one. Do we we don't really have that balance of experienced players who would think can we ruffle the feathers of their team? We didn't really see that. You know, it was still let's play our way. Let's not, you know, let's not ruffle the feathers. Really, it wasn't really that type of game. It was play the game. You know, not the occasion. And it did seem to be like we overplayed. You know, the game. You know, and it was very. 
very rigid play. And in fairness, we just played we just played into their hands, to be fair. And they they probably couldn't believe our luck, you know. And for as apparently as crap as the goalkeepers to Bravka is, um, you know, we sort of had a lovely old afternoon, you know, to be fair, which again is is a massive frustration. Again, we can touch on the recruitment again because why why did we only change it at 85 minutes and we brought on then Abdullah Bar and it was he probably wasn't far off getting the man of the match to be fair because he did more in 85 he did more in five minutes than most yeah. in 85 and supposedly you know got jeered on his way on which is you know bang out of order you know he's just a kid yes he's struggling for form at the moment but you know like I say he, he did more in five minutes than most in 85 so you know does he start the next game because for me at the moment it's not yes I know it's the cup game and we're, we're doing okay in the league but if if these people don't have, you know, other players chomping at the bit, ready to go, like Al Sheesh, what's happened to him? He, you know, I don't see why he didn't come on. What's happened to Chris Rigg? Is is he good enough or isn't he good enough? He, if he isn't good enough to come on, which is what Bill suggested, get him in the under-23s or whatever. Get him playing there, leave him there. There's no point having him on the bench, then turn around and interview and going, well, I wasn't happy with, you know, what was there. Because what I saw on the pitch wasn't good enough. And I think... Some of them could have, you know, just that change of, you know, Rusin could have come off and we put put Burstow on. I'm not a fan of Burstow. Um, or even, you know, Semedo, get them. I, th- I think the thing is as well, when you've got, <clears throat> obviously, you, there's two sides to the story and Bill has his side where there's a lot of inexperienced players on the bench. Will they handle the occasion? Will they do this? But if you look at it from the other side as well, if you're someone like Abdullah Bar or Al-Shishi or, you know, Semedo, who, you know, struggled to make much of an impact he is a young player wants to have a good career you're going to want to come on and you're probably going to put in the you know the most effort you've probably put in since joining the club in a game like this because you know if you score a goal that you know granted it was 2-0 30 seconds into the second half but if you know Samiro comes on and and scores to make it 2-1 everyone's buzzing everyone's thinking he should start his confidence is sky high as opposed to just leaving things to how how they are when the evidently weren't working. No, exactly. And that's what, you know, what, what does it say to those those guys on the on the bench? Um, you know, Chris Riggs signs, you know, signed a new deal, could have gone to anywhere else. You know, by all accounts, he is a Newcastle fan, probably could have gone there. You know, but he's seen that this place is is the pathway. And then, you know, you get the interviews there of, well, I don't think they had to change it. I don't really trust them. It's like, well, well, what happened? Because he has played, you know, he scored for us in the championship. He's looked decent in the games he has played. Yes, I know he's still very young. But you're telling me... Was it, was it the FA Cup against Fulham where he scored as well, where it was disallowed? Or was that Carabao? Yeah. Either way, it was in the club competition against the Premier League team. Exactly. So what So what does it, you know, what are we going to say then? You know, on the next kid that comes through and go, well, you know, he's, he's not really, you know, fancied. It's, it's turned around to all of them. Like, I can't see why Burstow's loan agreement hasn't been cancelled already I can't yeah. see he should have yeah. went back on the first yeah ex- exactly um, I don't know if it's a money thing if we have to pay some sort of fee wouldn't surprise me you know because we can be uh, can be accused at times of being penny pinchers which uh, doesn't surprise me um, but you know what what are you saying to those those other guys you know and I think we are uh, I, don't, I don't want to be too high up on this but it just it just highlights I think how we are at the moment a lot more questions being asked you know of the club and what's the ambition and you know the rumours of players that we're going to get bowl accounts of players we get in are going to excite us so uh, Bill says um, but it's 
it's yeah, it's very much. It's almost like a a wake up call that we've had from a different cup competition. Because in fairness, in the league, we're doing all right. Yeah. You know, if we if we can add and add properly, you know, put into bed this game. I think it's highlighted a lot of things, and I think that for the players and the and the coaches as well. But obviously, we need to we need to find Plan Bs. We need to find you know we need to plug a few gaps. You know, Patrick Roberts is out for a month. That's going to be a tough one because we sort of play. Joe we don't, we don't have another winger. It's sort of, sort of a yeah. Well, exactly. You know, the Lehaji money we did a right from that, but didn't really seem to you know to get a right winger. We sort of oh, we'll just buy another. Another uh, number ten, but we need we need people chomping a little bit, ready to go to push. You know, every single one in the team, and I include like you know the goalkeeper, I include the central midfielders because it will be in a couple of weeks' time, and they'll say, well, Dan Neal's a bit burnt out, and you know if Ekra has a, a, you know he's he's done all right in the league, but you know if he has another downturn in form, then who do you replace him with? There isn't anyone. You know, Job seems to be, you know, I won't. I won't hammer him too much. Um, I wasn't impressed one little bit with him yesterday, considering, you know, most of the the media build-up was about him on the telly. And yeah. for me, it was, it was awful. Absolutely awful. You know, it's, it's it, like, like I say, it, it's got to be a massive wake-up call for the, for the club a little bit, whilst things are still okay, if, if you see what I mean. It's all, it's okay to, to see things that are not, you know that, that we can improve on. Yeah. You know, whilst we are still going, we are going well in the league. To be fair, I suppose it begs the question as well. Obviously, we're in January now, or a week into January actually. Is this the biggest transfer window the club's had in a very long time? And for multiple reasons, obviously the sacking of Mowbray didn't go down well uh, with a lot of fans. That to then follow up with the appointment of Beal also didn't go down well with fans. Defeat to Newcastle obviously hasn't went, went down well with fans. And, of course, all the off-the-pitch stuff prior to the Newcastle game did very much not go down well with the fans. So, you know, <clears throat> is this the biggest transfer window, you know, if Speakman, Kirillary, Dreyfus, whoever else is involved, will have? Because if we don't get it right and, and don't finish in the playoffs as a bare minimum this season and get the positions that we need, obviously, you know, going back to that second goal where, you know, we have no other way of playing... We need a big centre-forward. Everyone knows we need a big, experienced centre-forward who knows the championship, hold the ball up and bully defenders. We know we need that. If we don't get that, that's going to be an issue. So, again, like I say, is this the biggest transfer window we've had? Yeah, well, I think so, because in terms of, I think, you know, we've been, you know, the model and all those sorts of things. You know, I think it's the first time we we might really have to break away from from that, and I'm not. I'm not saying we should go out and sign a 35 year old, you know, has been or or whatever. You know, I'm thinking, yes, you know, the five year plan is to get to Premier League. That's fine, but I think that the long term plan shouldn't be, you know, detriment to the short term plan as well. You know, we find ourselves probably a bit ahead of schedule. Um, you know, we're playing very, very. We are playing good football. Um, you know, can we? Can we help those players at the moment who are doing really, really well? And I don't. That's that's always been an, a bit of an issue for me. You know, you're looking at players leaving like Gooch and and Bart. You know, maybe trying to force Pritchard out a little bit. Turns you know, last few weeks Pritchard's probably been the best player. Um, 
you know, he's the sort of player you probably give you give a new deal to and just say, well, you need to help, you know, these youngsters come along as well as playing your part. And like you say, we're we're desperate for a striker, you know, to to bully and 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 Brit and just help, you know, Clark, Roberts, you know, Pritchard, yeah, help them. You know, we saw we had a bit of a an anomaly with Stuart because of how good he is. I don't think we're gonna get someone as good as Stuart. But we're crying you out. You need for someone that. of the same mould where you don't want someone who is completely immobile and can't do anything else other than win headers. You need someone who, you know, for example, again, I'm going to use that second goal against Newcastle as the, as the example. You need someone who Patterson can aim for, who can hold the ball up. But, you know, in games where we are dominating possession, look at the likes of the Rotherham game, where if you need him to, you can run him behind and you can play with his feet. And again, Ross Stewart was that type of player. Obviously, in hindsight, selling him for 10 million, given the fact he's now out for this season as well. Good transfer decision. The only other player like him in the division last year was Gyokerez, who I think went to Sporting for about 30 million or something, I think it was. So in terms of finding someone like that, it's not going to be easy. But that is exactly what we need. Yeah, it's not. Obviously, it's not easy at all. But I think in this day and age, you know, we've got a Category 1 academy, you know, which is full to the rafter of data and all this stuff. And we've got scouts, you know, all over the world. And by all accounts, our scouts have been going here, there and everywhere. You know, I don't see how we can't find someone, you know, even middle of the range who can do a job for us. You know, I think I watched... I watched about 40 minutes yesterday of the Middlesbrough-Villa game. You know, yeah. exactly the same sort of landscape to Sunderland-Newcastle, you know, in terms of, of where they are in, in the leagues, respectively. And I, I, the Middlesbrough guy up front, I think his name might be Coburn, but big, big, tall yeah. guy. Absolutely Used to play for ran, Yeah, just ran their, ran their back four just fantastically. Kept, just bullied them, hassled them, hurried them, was, was happy to hold the ball up, get them up the pitch. That's what we need. It's what we're crying out for. It takes the pressure off defence. Um, you know, and it, it will be, it will help so much players like Roberts and Clark for someone just to play off, you know, and not, we know we've struggled obviously with Roos and, you know, seems all right. He's not going to be, I don't think, the first choice for the rest of the season and the rest of, the less said about the rest of, you know, the strikers, you know, the, the, the better. Um, so I think, you know, back, back to the, the, you know, the transfer thing. We'll, we are going to see now, you know, what, because I think, I think this week as well, it, it's been a little bit, the pressure's on maybe Kirill a little bit more than maybe it was because of, you know, the Black Hats bar, crap, we'll call it, you know, and those types of things. And don't for one minute think he didn't know about it, blah, 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 blah. But if, you know, if we were to break from the, the solid model of just buying, you know, sort of French wonder kids or, you know, and we did actually put a plan in place to get, you know, I don't know, a left back who can stay fit, a central midfielder who can get his foot on the ball and a bit of experience, you know, and a and a half decent striker. You know, we're not talking about, you know, I always hear that, well, we spent four million on wheel, Greg, you want us to do that? I'm not asking for that. People are paid by the club, the scouts, you know, the the transfer department. You know, there's loads of them that make that up. They are paid to find these players, which they should be able to find. Yes, there might be a rough diamond, but we've, you know, they've got to be able to to be able to pluck those out because, you know, we're not those people. They are. That's their job. And that's what we need. You know, we've found, we've plucked players, you know, from here, there and everywhere. And to be fair, we have got a very good squad. Very, very good squad. You know, and this, going back to your original point, this is a massive transfer window for us. 
Um, I think if you, it will show if you really want to get promoted. Um, will it will show you what, you know, can we tempt Diallo back? You know, possibly. You know, you never know. You know, with Sancho going out the door, maybe they're going to keep him. And you know, he's probably Anthony's not even fit to lace. I think he is their best attacker. Diallo, to be fair. Diallo's boots, to be fair, but maybe Ten Hag's a bit stupid. You know, he does stupid things, and he loves Anthony, and he's paid ninety million for him, so he's not going to not play him. So we might get away with that one. I don't want us to think, oh, we're going to hang our hat on that till. 31st of January, we don't get him. And then, you know, again, we're signing sort of Lehaji type people. You know, let's have a plan. Let's go and execute that plan. I'd rather, we say it all the time, we'd rather it was done early, but it never seems to be done early. No. Um, you know. Always but, the yeah, big, big, big you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be, you know, obviously we've, we've got plenty, we've got, say, plenty of money. You know, we've that 10 millions in the bank. Apparently there's money to spend in January. I wouldn't, be against you know maybe shipping you know a couple out and then you know filling out the squad a little bit more to push players and you know and I include the keeper situation in that you know Bishop's never going to push Patterson Patterson sometimes looks like he's quite comfortable in the number one position you know and needs fantastic goalkeeper he needs to be pushed but I think you know they all do you know you've yeah. got at least Sirkin made a glass to me you should be looking at a solid a solid left back again, midfield again, we're struggling. We need more out wide, I think. You know, we probably need someone to challenge Clark a little bit. And again, we need we need help up front. So it could be a really busy one, but we're probably told to expect, you know, a fairly quiet one. We are. Um well, fifteen points is the gap between Sunderland and the automatic <clears throat> places, which is of course Ipswich, who are then ten points behind Leicester. How they are allowed to be in this division, I don't know, but they are. Um, which, like I say, they are the opposition on Saturday, half five kickoff. It's not an easy game, obviously, we lost to them at home earlier in the season. But Sunderland, for some reason, perform against the good teams and not so much against the smaller, I say smaller teams, no disrespect, the poorer teams is the best way of putting that. Um, but <clears throat> this game probably got a little bit bigger than it was originally, based off the fact we've just lost 3 0 to Newcastle. Yeah, you know, I think with it, with this game, I think obviously they'll, they'll be up for it. And Sunderland Ipswich is always a massive game, a really, really good game. And I'm, I'm a massive fan. You know, it's, I remember back to days when I was a kid watching, and they were they were brilliant games. Um, I think they're probably going to try and come at us quite a lot, which I think might suit us. Is just sitting off. Um, I think add to that, you've got to have a reaction. You know, we we might be a bit of a a wounded animal, you know, a rips, which I won't say ready for that, but, you know, can they, can they handle that? They've obviously hit, I'd say a slight dip in form, you know, they've been on fire to be fair. Um, Up until recently, I think not, um, I think I've I've seen a few draws. Um, You've, you've got to expect that sticky patch. Um, But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite an optimist when it comes to who, when we play. I think we could beat anyone on our day. Um, it's just whether, you know, we are we are on it. No, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a very, very tough game, but there's still no reason why we couldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me we went there and, and we picked up all three points. You know, it's, yeah. it is just, just one of them. I think you've got to probably say Nathan Broadhead will probably score. That's, that's going to be a given. Um, but apart from that, you know, I don't think the transfer is going to change in any any way. So it'll probably be the same same squad. Um, you just hope, you know, 
another week on the training pitch, you want to see a little bit more of, I don't want to say Beely Ball, but, you know, you want to see his stamp on it maybe and not just, yeah. you know, well, I saw that last week and I saw that last week. You haven't really changed anything. Not that, not that it needs changing massively, but if things aren't going well, you've got to have that plan B or can yeah. we mix it up a little bit? You know, because when we saw the Leeds, you know, when we saw the Leeds team, I know it was Dodds who did it. It was a bit like, well, what, what's going on here? Yeah. What are we doing here? We made like four changes and we've changed this and who's playing there. And to be fair, it's one of our best performances of the season, you know, and, but all of us before the game was sort of like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you want to see, you want to see that in-game flexibility because yesterday, you know, we didn't, we didn't see that. And, you know, we, we were losing. You might as well change it up. I think just to see, you know, even if we do lose, we're losing anyway. Um, so hopefully, yeah, another week on the training pitch. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, like I say, confident to go there. But if we get beaters, <laughs> it's just, you know, we, we struggle on the road to score goals. That's that's the yeah. problem at the moment. But again, that's another thing for them on the training pitch to work out. Yeah. I don't think this, I don't know if this has changed. I can't remember, but <clears throat> I remember saying something about it was it was about three months since someone called, since someone not called Jack Clark scored away from home for us. I can't remember who scored in the last away game for us. It was Jack Clark, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember anyone, anyone past that, but you know, we we don't want to become the team that like yesterday you stop. I don't even think they stopped Clark playing. They stopped us getting the ball to Clark. You yeah. know, that's quite a basic thing. Um, not not great, wasn't? But you know, you stop the supply. Yes, that's what's going to happen. He's not going to yes. uh, going to hurt anyone. Hopefully, that is not the case on Saturday. Very briefly, prediction for the game. I am always the optimist. I think we could beat anyone. I'll just say a Sunderland 2 1. I'll go 3 1, I think. Two from Clark, yeah. one from Bruson. Fancy it. Of course. And your Broadhead goal as well, because, like you say, that is inevitable. But that's on Saturday. Half five kickoff on Sky. We'll get a podcast to talk about that at some point before the Monday. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks. 